I want to talk to you tonight about a truth in the Word of God that just kind of has exploded in me. There's a principle. You've heard me say bits and pieces like, you know, for a Christian, our future's not in front of us. Our future's within us. We, we've talked about that. Our spirit, man, how our spirit is designed to grow things. You'll never see anything in your life till it's coming out of your mouth. You're going to see it inside first. So I want to talk to you tonight about a principle that, that is very big in the Word of God. It's huge, and it's that we are God's garden. You know, and, and God wants us to be a very fruitful garden. And in this teaching, as we, as we look at some scriptures, I want you to see how that nothing can stop you in this life. You're the only one. And I know as you're sitting here tonight, you know, if I, if I said, how many of you want to stop you from prospering or being blessed? There's nobody going to raise your hand because you guys are hungry for the things of God. Well, you know, we teach the word. We teach the word so that we can lay hold of things, so that you could be strengthened and equipped. Because I got to tell you, God has a phenomenal plan for your life. And the enemy's going to try to stop it, but he has no power. You're the one with the power. And the power is in the name of Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 6. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6. This passage of scripture, it starts out by saying, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Paul is saying here, that Paul is planting God's word. Well, what is that? That was the Pauline revelation that he got directly from Jesus. So he went out and he was planting that. He would always go where the gospel had never been preached, and then he would start talking to people. Ultimately, he'd get in synagogues and meetings and, and then birth churches. But he would talk about the Pauline revelation. We can learn all about it because we can see it in its entirety. As we go through Romans, you know, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and then you get into Galatians, Ephesians, you know, Philippians, Colossians. As you go through those epistles, you can see the Pauline revelation. But Paul planted. It says here, Apollos watered. What that means is Paul preached his Pauline revelation. He planted it, but then Apollos came behind him as a teacher and he watered it. Do you ever notice, if, if I ever teach on something for the first time, I'm doing some planting. But then a lot of times, most of the time, what am I doing? I'm watering, right? And this is why it's so very important. I was going to teach a couple weeks on, you know, the principles to win every faith battle. Then we blinked and went 14 weeks. And, you know, I could probably preach on that the rest of the year. But, but what do we do? You know, God is in charge here, so we follow his lead. So you have Paul planting, Apollos watering. See, Apollos, he preached John the Baptist's doctrine of repentance, that baptism, right? That's what he was out preaching. And then he ran into this couple. The wife's name was Priscilla. The husband's name's Aquila. And when he ran into them, they taught him the Pauline revelation, and then he went out preaching that. So this is, how, this is how this works. So the first time that you hear something in the word of God, God wants it to be planted in you, right? So it's very important. In order for the word to be planted in you, you have to have God first place in your life. If he's, not, if he's not first place, if the word of God does not have preeminence in your life, now I'm not talking about you flawlessly walk this way. Because you know, here we adjust and repair. Now can we flawlessly walk this way? Absolutely. But I got to tell you, in my life, if, if this is me and this is the word, if I ever get here, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I will change everything in my life and get back here right away. Because I don't have faith events. I walk by faith. So I never, I'm never thinking, God, why is this taking so long? I take those thoughts captive. 
God, why is it taking so long for this healing to manifest? Danger. Because no, God said, this is his will. The minute I believe that I receive, I have it. So if Satan starts to talk to me about time, I'm like, whatever. You go ask him why. I'm just going to thank him that I'm healed. And you'll see it in this realm when, oh, I'm closer than I'll ever be. But there's only one person that could stop whatever I'm believing God for, and it's me, and I'm not going to, right? So the first time you hear the word of God, so this is why if Jesus was up here preaching in the middle of his sermons, did you notice all the time, he would, he would be talking, sermon on the mount, every once in a while, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear. Why? Because nothing's getting planted in your heart until you choose to yield yourself to the word of God. How many hearers do I have here tonight? Right? I, I, I mean, I hope if you didn't raise your hand that you, you should. Because I'm telling you, life and death is whether or not you hear God's word. So a lot of people running around quoting scriptures that have never heard them. They've just listened to them enough where they could quote them but they've never heard them. Because when you hear them, when you hear the word of God, it goes off in you. And you're like, wow. Right? Then after that, after you hear and it's planted, every time you hear after that, it's watered. You know, I have been redeemed and delivered from the, any fear of repetition. I do not fear repetition. You guys probably noticed that, right? And I never will because, you know, when you plant something, you plant it, but then you got to water it all the time, all the time. That's why, you know, when we started the church, the Lord was very adamant with me that there were literally three things that I was to focus on all the time. I was to teach the people about walking in the love of God. And if you'll notice, throughout sermons, it's all about love, the love of God. Faith works by the love of God. But then I'm also to teach on walking by the faith of God. And then the third thing is how to be led by the Spirit of God. And everything we talk about, no matter what the series title is, we'll be talking about one or all three of those things all the time, right? Because we want to water this. Because I'm telling you, you start walking in the love of God, it's amazing. It'll fuel walking in the faith of God. Because now, when you, hear the, when you hear the word, these roots, uh, these faith roots will go deep in a soil saturated with the love of God. And it'll grow and it'll withstand any storm until you see it in your life. So, what are we saying with this scripture? these scriptures? God expects us to have continual operation of taking care of his word. Proverbs 4, it says, it says, keep your heart with all diligence. That word keep literally means guard. With all, guard your heart with all diligence. That means watchfulness. What do you mean? I'm watching how I'm hearing. I'm watching who I'm hearing. And I'm watching what I'm hearing all the time. Why do I do that? For out of it, out of my heart, are the issues of life. That word issues in the Hebrew language means boundaries. Beloved, I pray above all things that you'd prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Guess what that word heart means? Guard your heart, Proverbs 4.23. It's talking about your soulish realm. Because out of it flows the boundaries of your life. In other words, God is saying, you have to set the boundaries. My spirit will show you the boundaries in the word and then you set them. Well, what are boundaries for Christians? What about Matthew 9, 9.23, right? If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Isn't that? Well, that's Matthew 19.26. I mean, all things are possible. So, but how do I set my boundaries with that? How do I bring that right down into where I'm walking in it? See, 
for months now, actually for the last few years, if you'll notice, it burns in every fiber of who I am as your pastor to teach you how to lay hold and experience the blessings of God in your life. Not in theory, but you experience them because you're walking in miracles. You're walking in all these things. You're, you're able to believe God for something and then see it manifest in your life. We're living in a time you need to do that. You know, we don't know what the environment of our life is going to be right before Jesus comes back. You know, we know we're not going through the tribulation period, thank God, right? But we, we don't know what will happen before we're out of here. But we do know this, it doesn't matter what happens to economies or anything, God is our provider. And the word you're going to see when we talk about we are God's garden, the word of God is what produces everything in your life. You need to change a part of your life, knock yourself out, try to. But I would encourage you instead, let the word change you. Right? Because the word just won't just, when, when the word says change, we're talking transformation. We're talking what, when God removes a scar, there is, or removes, removes a hurt in your life, there's no scar left. All things become new. So verse 7 of 1 Corinthians. So remember, 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Who's in charge of increase in your life? God. God. How does he do it? Through his word. God gives the increase. See, God is, who is, is the one who watches his, over his word to perform it. He brings the increase of it. Verse 7, 1 Corinthians 3, 7. So then, I love this verse, neither is he that plants anything. Neither he that waters. So I, I'm a big planter and an even bigger waterer as a pastor. But the Bible says, neither is he who plants or waters anything, but God that gives the increase. What is it saying? People are never to be your focus. You might respect a teacher. You might respect a pastor. And actually, you should. We're to walk in honor and respect of each other, but, it, but a man is never to be our focus. God is always to be our focus. This is what this is saying. God is the focus. Now jump over verse 8 and look at verse 9. It says, For we are laborers together with God. I love that. I'm a laborer as a pastor. I'm a laborer together with God. The Word of God says you are God's Husbandry. In the Greek language, this word husbandry means you are God's tilled field. The Greek word says it also means you are God's garden. God had a garden when he created man, didn't he? It's called the Garden of Eden. What does that mean? That means the garden of God. It means God's garden. Guess who's God's garden in the New Testament? You and I. And that garden of the church is to cause the glory of God to cover this whole earth. God's plan was that the garden of Eden would cover the whole earth. You're God's garden. So let's look at what that means. First principle of being God's garden is this. God is able to give increase to that which you keep first place in your life. God is able to increase anything. Remember, God is the one in charge of increase, but unless, unless his word is first, he can't. So in your financial life, in order for you to increase in God, now there's a way to increase in the world, but you're going to have toil associated with it. But to increase in God, you have to put him first, because otherwise he can't bring increase. Why? He'd have to violate your will to do it. Right? So many people are wanting God to bless them 
but they don't want to give themselves to God. They want to live their life and do their thing and, oh my gosh, God, I need healing, I need prosperity. And then when he doesn't come through in the first three minutes, then they get mad at God. And they run around saying, well, that, that, that faith stuff doesn't work. No, no, no. It works if you work it. But God doesn't sit in heaven and go, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll just change a little bit. No, he's not going to line up with us. His word is truth and life. That never changes. And thank God, we as his children, we can choose it and walk in it. And he could bring increase. So this is very important. He gives increase. Your physical body, your health, your finances, your family, everything as long as he's first place, he has an open door to bring increase. So remember that. This is huge. The difference, here's the difference maker. It's our attitude and our diligence towards the things of God. That's what makes the difference. If God is 10th in your life, that is all he's going to be able to move in your life. It's going to be very limited. If he's second in your life, it's going to be, he's going to be very limited. But oh, if you'll put him first... And, and, and this, is, this, is, this is how long it takes to put him first. I'm choosing to put him first. Done. This is not something you grow into. Nope, you make a choice, and then the Holy Spirit strengthens you with the Word of God and the presence of God, and he leads you into that truth. But you have to decide first. Peter had to step out of the boat before he walked on the water. The children of Israel going across the Jordan is a type of us going into our promised land. They had to step in a flood stage water carrying an ark before the water parted. It's not like when we got saved, you know, coming out of Egypt. Moses raised, raised, raised the staff, Jesus. And that made our way. But no, no, now as New Testament believers, we, got it, we have to believe it and we have to step. But oh, if you'll choose it, he's there for you. God created our human spirit to grow healing, to grow prosperity, to grow peace, joy, deliverance, freedom. It grows it. It'll grow your house. It'll grow whatever finances you need to walk everything out because everything is already yours. You've already, as a child of God, the moment you got saved, you were made the very righteousness of God in Christ. You became an heir to all that Jesus has, which is everything the Father has. And now the Bible says, I'm literally seated with him in heavenly places far above anything that could come against me. I'm given all things that pertain to life and godliness. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I don't want to get to heaven and find out that I tapped into about one-tenth of one percent of it. No, man, I want, to, I want to take everything God's given me and wear it out on the earth. Right? That makes God happy. You grow a harvest of healing a harvest of whatever in your life. How do you grow it? By putting God's word first and depositing it in your heart. The seed of the word of God goes into the soil of your heart and it will grow things. That's what we're talking about. This is why the Bible says you're God's garden. Your spirit is designed by God to grow things. Just like in the earth, soil is designed to grow things. So now turn over to Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at the parable of the sower. And I want to go into this because Jesus said this is the most important parable. This is the key to how the kingdom of God works. You could say it this way because healing is part of the kingdom of God. You could say this is how healing works. Finances, prosperity, all that God's provision for your life. That's part of the kingdom of God. So you could say this is how prosperity, finances, increase, works. Or you could go on and on to every area of your life. This is how everything works. So Jesus is teaching here, Mark chapter 4, verse 3, for, through verse 8, he's going to say the parable. And he says, hearken. 
Notice that's another way to say he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's saying hearken, hear and obey. Don't just listen, you hear me, Jesus is saying. Behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some a hundred. So Jesus tells this parable. So, so this is designed to reveal a spiritual truth. Then in verse 9, And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 9 is the key to this parable. He who, the key to this parable, the key to the mystery of, of the kingdom of God is this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, you know, we, I, I, I walk around in circles where we teach faith a lot and we teach all these things a lot. And I got to tell you, there's so many people that are not laying hold of anything because they're just listening. They never make a decision to really step in and put God first place so they don't hear, right? I'm so grateful I just kept coming to church. I'm so grateful that I just kept getting in the word and over year after year after year after year because, man, eventually I started seeing some things. How did I see it? Well, I started getting willing to put him first. He who has ears to hear, this word hear is not the word that means listen in the Greek. It means I reverence and I honor and I respect what I'm hearing above everything in my life, so I'm giving it my undivided attention. I'm, I'm hearing these words as if they are life to me. I'm hungering after them. I'm giving them first place in my life. The whole parable... The whole parable, which Jesus said, if you don't understand this one, you won't be able to understand any of them. The whole parable is based on hear the word. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing God's word. When you hear God's word, faith is there. If you're trying to get in faith, what you're, what, what's really happening is you're trying to decide whether or not God's going to be first. Because when he's first, you'll hear. That's where so, many, so much of the church is. I want to keep my little secret life and I want to keep and do what I want to do here. And then I wonder why I'm ever learning, but I'm never coming to the full discernment. I'm never laying hold of the truth. Why? Because I'm listening, but I'm not hearing. So the focus is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Yeah, but pastor, I just don't understand how to do this. It's okay. You don't have to understand it. The word brings understanding to you as you put him first. I could live on this for six months right now because this is the key. Because if you get in faith and stay in faith, there is no way that the word cannot produce what it says it'll do. Because God backs it up. So as I'm saying this right now, think about yourself. Everyone here is going, if there's an area of your life that you haven't given up, you're all sitting here going, oh. and God's not mad at you. He's just, he's, he's cheering you on, right? Tony, are we going to go another year where you don't give me this part of your life? 
Because this little part of your life, which he told me one time, he says, listen, my mercy is so much greater than your disobedience, so give it up. Because if you'll just, and, but what does religion tell us? Oh man, if you don't walk holy before God, he's going to smack you. He, he's not pleased if you're not walking with him as first in your life. He, it doesn't please him, it grieves him. Why? Because he can't get over to you what he wants. So he'll see somebody going backwards in their life and he can't do anything because he'd have to violate their will. But if he could just get them to, to give it up and go, listen, it's not even you who's sinning. It's just the nature in your flesh that your unrenewed mind is siding with. God can't be mad at you and I. Why? What would he be mad at us for? I mean, think about it. As a New Testament believer, what could he possibly be mad at us for? He condemned every sin that I've ever committed in my past for the first 57 years that I've been on this earth and every sin that I'll ever commit, he condemned all my sin. That word condemned in Romans chapter 8 literally means a once and for all final judgment. He condemned it all in the body of Jesus on the cross 1900 and probably 89 years ago. This is why in James he says, listen, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God. Who's God? Well, let me tell you two things about him. Who gives to everyone more than you ask him for. You ask him for 10, he's going to give you 12. He's just the God of more than enough. And he upbraids you not. That means he doesn't get down on you for the mess you've created. Ever. He chastises his children because he loves us. That word, it literally means he corrects us. Why? So that we can partake of his holiness and walk free in this world. How does he chastise us? By bringing sickness and disease or, or bringing stuff? No, 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 no. God's a deliverer, not a binder. He, he, he corrects us with his word. So tonight, as you're sitting there, now see, some people, and, and this is where you live. You live in inner turmoil. So tonight, God's just going, give it up. You know, there's two Greek words. One of them has power to change in it. It's called repentance, where you change your mind. But there's another Greek word that's very close, but it's not repent. It literally means remorse. And this has within it a lot of emotion. People will come up. I mean, I was there. I thought I was repenting. I was just remorseful because I knew I didn't want to give it up. And when you learn about the word, you're going, darn it, because I can't have him and do this. And I, but I don't want to give this up. But then one day I realized, oh, wait a minute. I do want to give it up. It's just my flesh that doesn't want to give it up. And then I realized, and my God will strengthen me with his grace and his power and his might and the Holy Spirit will walk me into freedom. If you have an addiction in your life here tonight, if you've made some gigantic mistakes in your life, I've got great news. He makes all things new. I'm a living example of that. I mean, Jesus even taught a little bit on it. How many times do you forgive somebody for the same sin? You know, 70 times 7, that's 490 times for the same thing in one 24-hour period. That's in the Greek. So after service, ask Pastor Edwin how, how many times he's forgiven you. Like one time every so many seconds, probably, right? Do you imagine that? Oh, Father, I'm sorry I lied. Tell a lie. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry I lied. Oh, oh, Father, I'm so... And the Bible says he... Right? But what, what happened when he told Peter that? Oh, Lord, you got to increase my faith. So Peter was not believing the love that God had for him. So then Jesus looked at him and said, well, if you had faith, you would say to this mountain, what's this mountain? It could be anything, but for Peter, it might be some major unforgiveness in his life. If you had faith, 
If you really believed how much I loved you, Peter, you'd say. So faith comes by hearing God's word. So this is the key to this parable. Boy, did we spend a lot of time on that. And to be honest with you, we're just starting to get started on it. Because you could sit here and go, oh man, I've been coming to this church. How many times are we going to talk about the parable of the sower? We're going to talk about it till Jesus comes back. Because there's so much in here that we haven't seen. Like I could tell right now, there are some people that got some new revelation on this. To be honest with you, I'm one of them. Makes me weep. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. You choose. Satan can't stop you. Don't focus on the bills that you need to pay. Don't focus on overcoming in the situation that you're in right now, that maybe you created. Focus on hearing God's word. Because when you hear it, you are fully persuaded that it's true. And I'm telling you, it'll take, now you'll walk in the blessing of, of what he says. I'm telling you. He's a restorer. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's not a binder. He's not an imprisoner. Right? He sets people free. Hallelujah. Everything you are is a result of the good and bad seeds that you've allowed to be sowed in your heart or what we're talking about in your soulish realm. Because it all starts there. But if you allow the good seed of the word to be sown into your spirit man, it'll produce life. It'll grow things for you. So the parable, in other words, that we're talking about is dealing with the condition of man's heart when he receives the word of God. This is what, this is what the whole parable is talking about. It's the condition of your heart. And that condition of your heart is going to be based on, are you hearing? Right? So let's look at this a little bit. The seed of God's word, did you notice in good ground? It produced 30, 60, and 100. The seed of God's word produces different results based on the soil of man's heart. So now, Jesus teaches this, then him and his disciples go to dinner, right? And it says in verse 10 of Mark chapter 4, And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve, so no doubt this might have been the twelve and maybe the seventy. You know, I, I don't know. Probably at least that. Could, maybe it was fewer people, but it could have been the twelve and the seventy. It says, when they were alone, they that were with him with the twelve, or were about him with the twelve, asked of him the parable. So basically, you could see all these guys. They're listening. And then they're coming because they have ears to hear. They're coming to Jesus, and, and what are they doing? See, they're not just hearing it once. They come back. Hey, Jesus, can you explain this to me. This is what we do in church. Some people come to church and they hear what, what, what is preached and then they leave and they, they go away. And they, some, some people, they're like, praise God, click. Don't have to do that until next Sunday. Feel good about myself. This is awesome. Heard some cool stuff. And forget about it and go live their life. But when you're hungry... You'll hear something, like you'll hear something tonight. The Holy Spirit will start dealing with you. Then what do you do? You don't go home and get and start playing video games. You get in the scripture and you start meditating in it. Because you're like, what you're doing is, Lord, can you explain this to me? I really want to understand it. This is what Jesus is talking about. This is what happened right here. These guys are hungry, and they're like, you told this story, and man, everything was going off. This is life, but I need deeper understanding. I need revelation knowledge, so I'm going to do what? I'm going to continue in it. Jesus, can you, can you tell me about it again? 
So as you meditate in a scripture, it opens. See, the Holy Spirit will open it. Do you see? See, if you want to know how the Holy Spirit will lead you, all you have to do is see how the Holy Spirit, how Jesus led his disciples. Because Jesus said, hey guys, I got to go and where I'm going, you can't come with me. I'm going to send you another comforter. That's the Greek word allos. It means one who is exactly the same. So this is a story about how we walk in revelation knowledge. Have you ever seen it that way before? When he was alone, they, were that, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. That's what I'm doing when I'm meditating. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Holy Spirit, expand. Explain this. Expand this into my life, my situation right now. See, and when you, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The reverence and honor and respect of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Who is the Lord? It's the word of God. It's Jesus. So now, basically, as I hear the word, it goes into my heart, and now the Holy Spirit opens it, and now revelation comes out, and what's in that revelation is the wisdom of God, which enables me to take the word, apply it specifically to my situation, so that the word can produce in my situation. Do you see this? This is very important. Verse 11, so now Jesus is answering. Look at what he does. He, look at how it goes from this parable that he told in, from verse 3 through verse 8. Look at how it goes now. Now he's going to start explaining it. This is what the Holy Spirit will do for you about every scripture. He'll dissect it so that you can gain understanding, so that you could apply the word to your specific situation, so that the word of God can bring healing to your knee, so that the word of God can change your physical life, your, your, your financial life. It could bring things that the desire of your heart comes up for something, and it could bring it into this existence. This is how it works. And he said unto them, unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Now on the surface, it sounds a lot like, well, to you who are in my little inner circle, it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom. But to those that are not in the inner circle. Now it can't mean that because God's no respecter of persons. But if you understand and you rightly divide this, when you realize the key to this parable is having ears to hear, those that are without means that those that, were, that are without ears to hear. Do you know when you leave this service tonight, guess who's going to go with you? The Holy Spirit, the agent of divine truth, the one who is God, who knows everything, who is in every day of your life right now, and who knows everything you need to do to walk out the plan of God. He knows everything about the word. He knows everything about the will of God, and he's just going to sit there and wait. And he's wondering, he's hoping, he's going to be wooing you. Be one of those who came to Jesus after the meeting and said, Jesus, I, I want to know more about this. Oh, the Holy Spirit gets excited about that. But why don't we do that? Because we're up to here in life, and we got all these things, and we're running around, and yet we have the God of the universe who could fix everything in our life in a hundredth of a second, right? With us all the time. I, you guys should be getting so excited right now. If you're not, maybe I'm not doing a very good job preaching. But this is a key thing. Amen. Now, I, I'm on page four, and I have 17 pages. We're probably not going to get through this. But it's okay, because I think we need to camp here, because this is what's stopping people. They don't have ears to hear. And then, once they hear the word, they don't water it by coming back to the Holy Spirit and go explain it to me. 
I need to know. I know this is my answer, but I, I, I need you to explain it. And he's like, hey, guess what? I'm the revealer. I'm the teacher. I'll explain it. I know I'm the one who actually breathed it when it was written. He knows everything. Isn't it cool? I don't care about what you know, how many scriptures you could quote. I, what I care about is are you walking in the blessing of God? Is it manifesting in your life? God wants you to enjoy it. Because I got to tell you, all hell is going to break loose in all of our lives because we live on the earth. And when you live in Christ and you walk in his love and you walk by his faith and you're led by his spirit, you say, so what? Satan, take your best shot because to get to me, you got to go through God the Father, the Son, the Anointed One, and the Holy Spirit to get to me. Because my life, Colossians says, has been tucked away with Christ in God. So I'm in in Christ, or I'm in Christ in God, right? We focus on in Christ, but it's really in Christ in God. I love that. So let's look at this. But to them that are without, without ears to hear, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive. This word perceive in the Greek language means that seeing they may see and not really know or understand. Why? We're going to see later that they chose not to have ears to hear. See, God wants everybody to have ears to hear. Do you ever notice in the New Testament, it's like there's a big storm, the guys are in a boat, the boat looks like it should be sinking, and Jesus is walking by them. It's like, Jesus, come on. But why is that? Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. See, it's a picture of a New Testament believer. Because God made the first move in sending Jesus. But now, he can't just come in your life and fix everything. You have to want it. And to want it, you have to give it up. Right? It says here, all these things are done in parables that, that seeing they may see and not know and understand and hearing they may hear. Now, this word here is a different Greek word for hear. You could read it this way. And listening, they may listen and not understand. This word understand means they're not able to put it together. They're not able to comprehend it. Why? Because they haven't chose to come through the door the right way. The prescription, remember, we talked about this. I can't remember if it was Dr. Ruthrie. I think I used you as an example of, it was either, I might have been Sunday. Last Wednesday was a whirlwind, wasn't it? Man, I came, I blew, I was like an evangelist. I blew in, blew up, and blew out. It was crazy. <laughs> so I don't know which service it was, but we talked about the prescription to take the word of God. Proverbs 4.20 you have to put it first, right? So this is what this is all about. If you don't put it first, you're not going to know it. You're not going to understand it. You're not going to be able to comprehend it. You're not going to be able to put it together. Do you know for my life, I studied the word so much. I think if, if God wasn't all-knowing, he would have been astonished at how much I could quote without seeing it. And it's just like I could never make the dots connect. And then one day, I gave it all up and put him first. Got over shame, guilt, worthlessness, and I made it connect. And all the dots came together, and it was like a brilliance of light filled my life. And it became so simple and so easy. God wants that for you. It says, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. So in verse 11, he, Jesus is saying, I'm about to explain to you the mystery of the kingdom of God, the basis of how everything works in the kingdom of God. I'm about to show you the foundation of everything that I teach. 
This is what Jesus is saying in verse 11. In other words, you and I, he wants us to know the pattern that unlocks everything in the kingdom of God. He wants you to know it. So what is it that causes us not to have ears to hear? What causes us to not give our full attention to the word? Hardness of heart. That's what it does. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, you don't need to turn there because we're, we're, we're getting close to closing here. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, This know also in the last or final days, perilous times shall come. We see it says, shall come. Well, they're here now. Perilous times. That Greek word means dangerous, difficult, and strength-reducing times are going to come. Verse 2, why? The first part of that verse tells us why. For men will be lovers of their own selves. There's Christians that are born again and spirit-filled, and they're, they're, they don't even see it, but they're just all about themselves. And the Holy Spirit will help you see it. Now, when he reveals pride in my life, instead of going, oh me, I just, I just literally bow to him and say, thank you. Is there anything else? Because pride blinds you. Make a decision tonight to believe that God loves you unconditionally, that there's nothing you can do to make him love you anymore. He loves you with everything that he is. It's not based on anything you do. He just loves you. And he's motivated to help you make those adjustments in your life so that you can walk in all that he's provided for you in Christ. And if anybody preaches or teaches anything different, if you're going to hang around them very long, make them answer the question, where is this in the Bible? Because this is the gospel. God is for you. So the problem is men will be lovers of their own selves. If you go down to verse 7 now, you'll see what I'm talking about. Ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge. That word knowledge literally means full discernment of the truth. Or actually, the Greek word means full discernment through laying hold by personal involvement. I'm, I'm, I'm ever learning, but I'm in other words, simply, I'm never able to become a doer of the word. This is a huge thing. Verse 12 of, of, uh, of this parable now, verse 12 of, of Mark chapter 4, God is not trying, if you see, God is not trying to make it easy for everyone to take hold of things. Verse 12, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. God is not making it easy for everyone to take hold of what Jesus has provided for you. You'll have to dig for it. You'll have to be committed to it. God wants us to have everything that Jesus has provided for us. Well, pastor, why is he making it so hard? You'll have to dig. You're going to have to be committed. Why? A wise father knows that the total commitment on our part is going to be necessary to hold up against all the enemy is going to throw at us to get us to let it go. That's why. You, why does God make it? He, he makes you look for it. He makes you hunger after it. Why? Because he knows if you, just, if you just get it, you won't even ever really know what you have and the enemy will get it all out of your hands. He'll say boo and you'll be full of fear. He'll create a little circumstance and you'll go, oh, maybe I didn't get that. that this is why, guys. God is a good father. He wants, he doesn't just want to give you a fish. He wants, you to, he wants to teach you how to fish, right? He, see, Joshua, you meditate in my word day and night that you may observe to do all that is written therein, right? 
and then, Joshua, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Why? The word will now give you the ability to make your way prosperous. How do I make my way prosperous? I believe the word in my heart and I express this belief out of my mouth and then God performs his word that I speak out of my mouth and I'm making my way prosperous. How, but, but am I really the one changing or doing? No, the word does it. But how I make my way prosperous is I got to believe it and I got to speak it. Isn't that simple? Man, that was worth coming tonight. And then he says in verse 13, And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? In other words, you must understand this parable in order to understand all of them. Why? Because this parable is... He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So you got to hear the word. And then as we see in this parable, the parable is all about the different soils of a person's heart that receives the word. So it's all about, we learn that everything in our life is done through the word. The word does everything. If you have been diagnosed with something that's major, listen, don't put that pressure on yourself. Put the pressure on the word. The word can handle it. Right? The faith of God can handle it. Everything that I'm talking about. Now, next week, we'll get into this parable. This week, realize, ask the Lord. I'm going to start this process. Teach me. If you, if you want to be, if you want to be in that group, go to the Lord tonight. Teach me. What does it mean to have ears to hear? What does it mean? The Bible says things like this in James. If I'm a casual listener, Satan doesn't even have to deceive me. I deceive myself. So I'm, I'm going to be a hearer of the word. And I'm going to realize everything in my life will be changed to come in line with the word. And nothing can stop.